fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we are featuring the athletes of the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinals and return visitor, Abby Domit. How are you? I'm great. How's it going? Good, good. So I'm going to start this off in a weird place and just bear with me as I set this story up. When I was a kid, my, my family would go camping all the time. And the way it worked is my dad had a pickup truck and he, he kind of built like a bed in the back. We had a little a cap on it. We built a bed in the back. My yeah. mom and dad would sleep on like the top be- bed. And then my sister and I would sleep under like in our sleeping bags and stuff. And then he had like a whole setup he would set up when we would get to the place for outdoor cooking and all that kind of stuff. I go to your Instagram page and this is one of the first pictures I see and I'm going to show it real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my gosh, other people truck camp. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Only so your that's setup a pop-up. is yeah, way more elaborate than what we had. I, I don't know how or who necessarily created um, what we have. Um, it's just called a pop-up camper, but I assume it probably started with what you and your family were doing, and lots of people probably utilized the trucks to put a bed, maybe put a tarp, make it in some sort of a tent, and then over time they started making it more into a living space. And now I see them all over in different brands, different types. And yeah, now, and it's so convenient because you just, it's on the truck and you can pop it down, make it short, pop it up and you can live in there pretty much and take it anywhere off road, wherever you need to go. Well, one camping directly on the beach seems amazing. Oh yeah. Two, um, that awning that comes out is epic because we had nothing yeah. like that. We, we oh, had like sure. old fashioned parps and sticks and yeah. stuff like that. Just um, pop it up. and then my goodness, like it's got little windows. It's got it, like everything you would need. Yeah. There's a whole kitchen in there. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the fridge. It's got the stove. Yeah, we we usually cook outside just to be outside and um, just in the open air. But if it's raining or whatever, then we or we just don't want to come out. We'll stay in there and cook. And so I see you have your like little mini fire pit here and it looks like it's like gas operated because there's a switch on the side. Yeah. Yeah. We just connect it to a propane tank. We we got that kind of cook over that. No, that's just for like, cause it was pretty, it got cold there at the beach um, when the sun started going down and it was all breezy. So we just brought out the fire just to 
keep us warm, but we'll bring like a little portable grill and we'll cook on that. Yeah. Um, Jody actually says, uh, in the comments, I need that in my life. Just get rid of everything, <laughs> lighten it up. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, literally my husband's cousin, he'll, he bought one and he'll go and just live in it for months at a time and just go off the grid and he'll just take his work and work remote and just be like that. It works. So when I, when I was a kid, we would camp from Memorial day to labor day. No stop. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you are. And so it was to get away from like all, we didn't have cell phones, so you could get right. away from everything. Right. When you left wow. and my parents were just like, you know, we want to get away from the stresses of life. And, and we only camped like five miles from our house. Yeah. But, but it, it was, was like just to get world. away and exactly. Yeah. So my dad could still go to work, my, you know, and do all those oh, things that sure. he does. Um, but yeah, we would, we would live in the woods for three months out of the year. That's amazing. That's definitely something. I mean, I feel like I'm at a point because of what I do now as a full-time athlete, you can't really travel and do all that as much. Whereas before I started, I feel like I was just forever going from place to place and just kind of living with the few things that I had, but that's just what I enjoyed. And I totally wanted to just have one of those VW vans and just be that person that lived in it and all that. And so I feel like it was definitely an adjustment when I started doing CrossFit. It was like, I'm going to have to stay put. I need to get some sort of a routine if I'm going to make this work. And so it's, it's just so different now, but I'm glad we have our pop-up. So if we need to just go take a weekend or take just a day and just go wherever, and it feels like we're traveling to someplace far, or even if it's only an hour away or so, and just to yeah, that's get the, away that's from the it. best part of it. You For know, sure. just to unplug. You, you, yeah. And if you don't take your cell phones, you can totally unplug Yes. From everything. Or just go somewhere with no signal where you don't have a choice. And it's like, all right, don't talk to me yeah. till tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, that's the best. Well, and, and you're researching you. You moved a lot as a kid. You grew up in Michigan. You moved to St. Louis. You, mm -hmm. you did some time in Texas. You're still in Texas now, right? I'm in Texas. Yeah. So I was born in Michigan, um, lived there through like preschool and then spent 10 years in the St. Louis area and then a couple years in Southern Illinois. And then we came down to Texas and then I was here. I finished high school here. I was doing college, but kind of during college, I was kind of just traveling around for three years because that's just, that was my work and um, just kind of, that's what I was doing. And then eventually I, kind of came back to Texas and just stayed. And yeah. And that was, and so I, I want to kind of get into that one. Your job was you were like a, like a fitness model. Is that the best way to describe it? No. So I was in the fashion industry. I was with an agency based out of LA, which was why I traveled so much. Um, I would probably spend like six months out of the year over there. And then the other time was kind of everywhere else. 
sometimes I would, I would still kind of use an address in Texas and keeps a bunch of my things here. So I would kind of come back and forth. And also I was in school here, but I was doing a lot of online classes and stuff like that. And then the pandemic kind of stopped all that. Yeah, that put, that was like the stopping point. Um, Cause yeah, I remember I was in LA at the time and then it started getting like more serious and they were like, okay, well, people, you shouldn't be going outside and this and that. And I was like, oh shoot. Okay. I'm going to go back to Texas then um, where there's a little bit more space to breathe. <laughs> and so it just kind of worked out. And then since I was like, okay, well, what should I do with my time? I was out of work and you know, everybody's like, what do we do with ourselves? And then that was kind of how CrossFit kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked to Kat about that last year. So I don't want to rehash yeah, the origin story sure. of CrossFit. Um, but it was, it was basically your husband forced you into it by giving you a gift. And they yeah, he signed me and... up behind my back. It was a gift to <laughs> himself. I don't know. <laughs> Cause he was very like, he would talk about it every day and was like, you should do this. Like you would love it. You would be so good at it. Yada, yada. And then, um, cause at first I thought it was like, a, just like a, whatever workout class thing. I'm like, well, I'll just work out at home. I don't want to go to Zumba class or whatever. Um, and then eventually watched mm -hmm. one of the documentaries of the games and just like being exposed to like seeing all those athletes, like Tia Toomey and Katrin David's daughter and all of them. I was like, Oh wow, that's cool. Like I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to just work out. I want to make it into my lifestyle and compete and go there. And that's kind of how it was. Yeah. And Jody said, those are the best gifts. LOL. <laughs> For sure. Um, and so your, your CrossFit history is not very long. You've, you've really only been in the sport since 21. Um, I started in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And um, yeah, my first open was 2021. So your first ever open, you finish 305th in the world. Is that no, right? I got, no, I got, I think it was like nope. 485th. I moved the page up. There we go. 485th in the world. Yeah. First ever open though. Still amazing. But what's really amazing is the improvement from last year to this year. Oh yeah. Cause you went from 485th to 408 mm -hmm. to 13th, 13th in the world. Yeah. And I was like, going into this open because I remember the open last year I just wasn't I just didn't feel great um I had COVID like not too long before that and I was just like anxious about it like oh I just don't feel how I'd like to feel and then I, like and it's weird because since I started CrossFit like I the open like wasn't what it used to be like it, it's it's not like your your way to making it to the games or anything like that but you still have a sense of pride and everybody's watching you and you just, you, you want to do okay. Like you don't want to just 
do a performance that you're like, oh, that was trash. Um, but that's kind of how I felt last year. And I was like, whatever, like you just have to get through it and then move on to quarterfinals. Um, and so this year, my mentality was just like, who cares? Let's just do it. Let's have fun with it. Um, you know, if I squeak into the top 100, I would be so happy with that. And then I remember like the second week putting in my scores and then I was like, oh shoot, like I'm up there. Like, this is so, this is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I ended up getting 13th overall, which is really cool. Um, the workouts were very different from what I expected. I expected more similar to last year, just very basic kind of conditioning type stuff. Um, and so it was cool that we got to have some more complex movements, some heavy lifting. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it kind of, it definitely fueled my fire a bit going into the season, feeling that way. Yeah. And last year you, I would say from like an outsider's perspective, you exceeded expectations at semifinals. Now, maybe not for you, maybe not for you, <laughs> but, but from an outsider's perspective, like you came in 85th in North America from the quarters mm -hmm. and then you took 16th at the syndicate. Mm -hmm. Correct. And yes. the syndicate, like there were games athletes who didn't qualify at the syndicate yeah, because it was so stacked. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so. For sure. Like the, I remember the first event was that lift and I only hit my first attempt. <laughs> um, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this sucks. And, and just from that alone, um, I kind of started in, a, a little bit of a hole, which I feel like I kind of had a trend of doing that where my first event is always my worst one. And so that's something I've been trying to make better. I don't want to have to always dig myself out of a hole at the beginning of a weekend. Um, and so that that's just something that I've, I've become very aware of. And I want to try to not do that every time. Um, but yeah, syndicate was it was an amazing experience. Um, definitely just hard, hard competition for sure. But it was, it was so cool. Everything about it, like the, the warm up section was like, I'm, I love the warm up section, just how separate it was from everything. Um, I never experienced anything like that. Just being in that dark room with all these athletes and we're all just kind of focused and there's just so much tension and like people are nervous and it's, it was a trip for sure. And I can't wait to do it again. So last year, Kat asked you if you were going to have any fangirl moments and you said, I'm going to try to keep those <laughs> kind of down. But like we had to walk through that warm up area to get to media credential area. Like mm -hmm. it was a big warm up area and a lot of equipment and kind of a lot of action going on. Did you find yourself like, looking up a little bit at who's around you warming up or um a little bit but at the same time like we're all just kind of in the same I mean maybe not the exact same position obviously like if you're on the cut line that's different than being in the first heat or whatever um but yeah I mean 
it was cool to be like, oh, okay, like, she's not as big as she looks on TV, or we're all just athletes working out, um, but I, I definitely feel like that first day was where you kind of start getting a little bit of that imposter syndrome, and you're like, do I really deserve to be here? And then, like, once you get into it, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I earned it, I saw it just like everybody else, and kind of you, you kind of come into the realization of it all. So looking back at that first event where you only made the first lift, do you think you made too big a jumps or do you think you just, it was nerves? Um, I remember, so the lift at the very end of it, you had to uh, jerk the bar or shouldered overhead. And I remember my husband was telling me to not because what I had done was I stood up from the squat and I immediately went into the dip and went straight into the jerk, which is what I wanted to do because at the, that's a movement that um, at the time I was struggling with uh, technique, technique wise, especially at fatigue after all the cleaning and squatting. So after that first lift, he was telling me like in the crowd, like to not do that. And I was just like, why, why, why should I not do that? And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it didn't look right or it could have not counted. Uh, but my judge didn't say anything. So I was like, whatever, like, I'll, we'll see. But then, yeah, I made too big of a jump. I went up by 10 pounds um, when I probably should have gone up by five. And I was trying to continuously power clean a weight that I had never done before. And I think it just kind of messed me up. And then I eventually dropped the bar and then I had to go back down five pounds. And then at that point, I think I was just fatigued and I didn't do the dip that I wanted to do on the jerk. And then afterwards I asked him, I was like, why were you telling me that? And then he said that um, someone who was kind of like helping and coaching me back home, was texting him, telling him that it looked like a thruster and like, make sure she doesn't do that. I was like, well, no, it didn't. Like, <laughs> like my judge would have told me something, you know. Um, but it didn't matter either way. I, I didn't make the right jumps, and I just I didn't have enough reliability in my jerking technique at the time to execute. I guess. And so, your only other like big competition before that was TFX. And as, yeah. as great, as great as that is, um, it's not semifinals with everything on the line. No, no. And even that, and so did like, you feel like, uh-huh. did you feel like everything ramped up a level coming into semis? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just didn't know what to expect. I tried to prepare myself, but I just, I just had no idea what it was going to be like. Um, even, even just like the training going into it, I feel like knowing what I know now is so different that I have that experience from last year. Cause I feel like the training was so intense going into semifinals. It just felt so hard and I feel like it was because of what I was doing in the off season like I was doing too much in the off season and trying to do 
all these local comps just so I could get more ex- more experience and more just getting comfortable having to be judged and be on a timer and just in that competitive environment that it was almost like I was just doing kind of the same training for so many months leading into it that I was just getting so burnt out. And I was just at the point where I was like, let's just, let's just get it over with. And then they eventually announced the events and I was like, I kind of got like a little re up. I was like, Oh, okay. now I'm excited again, but it's so different. Cause this year, like, I understand what the training feels like now and I know what to expect and I know how much it's going to suck and you can just embrace that rather than just constantly being in the unknown and just upping your volume at the wrong time. Yeah. And are you still with the same coach you were last year? I think his name is Giovanni Conchers. No. Um, so I started working with the coach back in like early unknown mid to late November, I started working with Matt Bryant with Golden Line. Um, so uh, Gio's my friend. Um, I see him every once in a while. Um, yeah, he, he supports me for sure. Um, but I, I needed like just more full on structure, individualized programming. Because um, I felt like after last year, I was like, okay, maybe I just need to it, it just wasn't my time. I just need to grind more, put in more work, and that's it. But then as uh, a few months went on, I was like, um, well, no, one of my friends had actually introduced me to this coach who was having this training camp. And I was like, okay, I'll go. Maybe I'll learn something. And it ended up being a super good experience. I learned so much. And we just kind of started working together after that. And it's it's been amazing. I, I feel like I just I've learned so much in such a short amount of time and I feel like I've, I've really grown as an athlete from it. I muted myself. It's me. Okay. It's me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it happens once a show. They're going to make fun of me in the chat now. Um, I need to get a t-shirt <laughs> made like Scott mutes himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, la- I was listening back to your interview last year with Kat and you were talking about Gio at the time and nothing against Gio. Like he's probably a great guy, yeah. but he was a competitor as well. Right. And so how do you, yeah. how do you devote full-time coaching to somebody when you're competing yourself? And I thought to myself yeah. like that, that doesn't seem optimal. And so I'm glad nah. to hear that, that you went in a different direction, not because of him, but because you need someone yeah that is dedicated to you as an athlete and not that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause it wasn't like, I know I said like he was kind of my coach, but it, it was never really like that. I mean, he, it, it was more like he was kind of like a training partner who would sometimes like give me tips and advice and guidance. Um, so like he would help me, but it wasn't really like a, a true, coach like like what like what I have now with Matt is very like like we, we'll talk about like everything from nutrition to mindset just every single little thing he's like there like okay 
yeah, like this is what we're going to do. And his whole life is just dedicated to his athletes that he coaches. And yeah, I, I totally agree because it wasn't. Yeah, like, I mean, I said Gio was like my coach, but I didn't really have a coach. <laughs> hey, I, I get it. I get it. And Bruce is chiming in. Oops, Scott did it again. That's the mute thing. Yeah. Um, see, so it's it's common. Um, but I've definitely, I have had so many people help me, um, like since I've started. Um, but as far as like having the title coach, that would, that would just go to Matt. So not, not okay. saying that I haven't had many people that kind of played a big part, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when you give your Oscar speech, you don't want to forget anybody <laughs> along the way. Right. Yeah, right? they all contributed, <laughs> but it's tough to remember them all in that in that moment. And and what I want to kind of talk about now, and I, and I don't even have this in my notes. I'm around this space a lot. Like we're interviewing a lot of different athletes. There is a buzz around you this year that wasn't there last year. I don't. Do you feel that? Um, a, a little bit, I guess, maybe. I mean, I just, I feel like I just have such a different energy this year and I just, it's, it's just there and I feel it and I, it's going to, it's going to be a good year. I already, I already knew that from the start. Yeah. I think, I think in the stuff I've seen with you, there, there is a different energy about you. And in addition to that, there's a buzz around the space talking about you and that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing as long as yeah. you know how to funnel it into the right direction. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to do my thing and whatever. <laughs> so my, my next question is, you know, you did really well in the open this year, but do you think you're better online or in person or is that what you're still trying to discover? So I think I've always been better in person and that's actually something I've been working on is trying to get better at the qualifiers. Um, so at this point, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm still better in person. It's just, it's just so different when you have the people next to you and the crowd and all the, the factors that go with it. Um, versus, I don't know, like, when you're online, you, you just, you don't know what other people got. You're like, well, what's a good score? I, I, I don't know. I, I hope what I did was good enough. Um, but I feel like I kind of go in waves. Whereas like I did uh, the fitness experience early in January and it just didn't go how I wanted it to go. And then we had the open and the open went really well. And then we had quarterfinals and I felt I did okay i didn't think i did really honestly that great during quarters and so next we have semis so i am hoping we'll keep doing that <laughs> and have a really great semifinal i think you're the first ever athlete to say i hope i hope it goes like this <laughs> <laughs> it's just i know it's gonna happen that's like even when i'm training like i can always and that's something i've definitely learned over the past several months, even just working with my coaches, I can actually understand like when I'm starting to feel good and when we're starting to build into a peak 
versus like, okay, you're not supposed to feel good right now, but you have to just get through it because you have to just keep building and you need to have that strong base. And that's just something I would have just not like really been able to fathom, I guess, last year. Like, it, I'm like, why have I felt horrible for the past three weeks versus like, oh, because we're building so much volume and you're just not going to be super powerful every day. Right. So this year at semis got 60, 60 females instead of 30, which means the, um, the, the bad can be really bad. The good can be really good. How much do you think that changes the dynamic this year? Um, so definitely, I don't know if like for, for an event, like a strength event, right? Obviously, if you, if you're one of those athletes that just kills it at all the CrossFit, all the gymnastics, all, all the, the Metcon stuff, and then maybe you just, you're not going to have a great mind rep, whatever, um, that could definitely affect you more. Um, having twice as many athletes, of course, or if you just have one bad event in general, maybe you get no reps on a legless rope climb and then you can't get back up there. And then you just, your place is just falling, falling, falling. I feel like, um, cause even just seeing stuff like that last year, there were certain athletes that maybe they had one event that just wasn't great. And then, but they still kind of squeaked their way in. I feel like having 60 athletes, maybe they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, for me, I like that we have more athletes because I feel like I tend to do very, um, like I, I, I usually have a really good average. And I, so I feel like the most, having more athletes would actually be better for, for that. Right. Yeah, so you, you thrive, you think you're more consistent across all the different. Yes. Cause that's something that we've been working on is like, it's not like there's super specific, like, yeah, there's a few things that it's like, okay, that could be better. That needs to be better. Um, but it was really just getting better across the board at everything. Yeah. And last year at syndicate, like, like you, you had some good events and you, did it show you enough that you belong with those top tier athletes? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, afterwards I was definitely super fired up. So I was like, okay, like I, I could, I could hang in there for sure. Like I'm, I'm in the mix. Um, and I think something else is another, another thing with having 60 athletes is I don't know if we're going to do like heats of 10, heats of 15, but it's going to be more heats. And so something that I've also really been working on is don't let whatever heat you're in, like don't just compete against those girls. Cause that was some, that was a big mistake I did last year in one of the events. I'm like, okay, I'm winning my heat by a lot, but that doesn't mean slow up because in the next heats, next heat goes and almost every one of them is getting a better score. And so that's just something I'm like, okay, no matter what heat you're in, just all all effort the entire time from start to finish. 
So you come in in 27th place. Say we're doing heats of 15. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you to move into that last heat as quickly as possible? It's kind of crucial. <laughs> I mean, for sure, like, I assume that they won't be moving around the heats um, every event. It'll probably be each day that they would move the heats, I assume. Um, so for sure, gotta, gotta have a good first day. Can't, can't be messing around and then try and catch up later. So, yeah, because if you, if you're in the last heat, you see all the data before you start. Yeah, for sure. And right, you know what everybody's done before. Be huh? Well, and, and in a heat, in yeah. a, in a competition with 60 people, you're going to have outliers in those first few heats that oh, are yeah. going to put up scores that are going to mess things up. Right. So, yeah. and you, but you get to know what all that is before you go into that final heat. Absolutely. If you can get there. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're going to have your people out there scoping out and telling you what's going on and you're going to be paying attention for sure. Um, Cause abs there's absolutely going to be people who are in the first heats that are going to have really good events. And yeah, I mean, I, I always think it's cool whenever the leaderboard gets shaken up like that rather than just having it be super obvious in every single event it's it's cool to see like okay this one destroyed it on this event and and that's the thing because i have no idea what kind of events we're gonna get this year even just looking at what we did in the open what we did in quarterfinals there's so many surprises so far and so i'm like what's next what are we what are we going to be tested on next next month so so I'm going to, I'm going to dive off just for a second. In your past, you were a gymnast, you were a cheerleader, like competitive cheerleader. Yeah. And you suffered a lot of injuries. Like when I was going down through broken vertebrae, um, broken nose, black eye, I, I <laughs> like, I don't know, you were list. I was going down through a list and it was like, oh my gosh, the, the beating your body went through. And then you join CrossFit, which the world thinks is the most dangerous sport ever. And I haven't seen a single injury from you since, right? Right. Um, the only thing, like the only pains I have from CrossFit was I had um, like a herniated disc, which was from doing bad form, lifting heavy weight before doing the proper form. And then just like, spraining various parts of my body but oh my gosh like it's that, that that's so funny because how people think it, it's so dangerous and i'll even have a i had a friend who reached out talking about blood work or something and they're like what's what's your blood type i was like oh i don't know I don't, i'm not even sure <laughs> and he was like he's like well you need to know that because of what you do like what if you you're gonna drop a weight on your head and you're you, yada yada and i'm like no like that, that's not how it works at all <laughs> i'm like that would be a one in a million chance that somehow that bar is coming down like that um but i feel like some of the biggest reasons like being injured in previous sports is a lot of it's from accidents 
that just would wouldn't really happen in crossfit like if you're tumbling or you're flipping on a bar it's so easy to let go at the wrong time and land on your head and it happens very often or you come down you fall off the beam and your knee is in your eye socket and you you break your face it's just it's so easy to do that but and it's just accepted as kind of a normal part of like being a gymnast or cheerleading you're gonna you're gonna drop people sometimes or you're they're gonna fall on you and it's just that that's just how it is versus crossfit like you might have a little bit of overuse from your muscles and so you just need to recover more but yeah i just want to like i've talked to a lot of gymnasts they've had way worse injuries in gymnastics that like oh, knees yeah. backs like all of that stuff and yeah actually crossfit has been much healthier for them for sure i think also another thing is also the nutrition um because that's that wasn't really until i started crossfit that we would talk about nutrition so much more and like just how much more they're like oh you have to eat a lot more and you need to do this and this to fuel your body versus like i feel like a lot of gymnasts are told like, oh, well, you got to be like this little pretty thing. And we would like compete against, oh, who could not eat the eat the smallest amount of calories and then still go train for insane hours. And like, that's just kind of what you did if you're a kid and with your friends. It just was such a different mindset we had about nutrition. And then later I'm like, man, if I would have eaten how I do now back then, I feel like I could have prevented a lot of the wear and tear on my body for sure. And performed yeah, better probably. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how little we pay attention to nutrition with kids. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's changed a lot nowadays. I just, I see it more. But when I look back, I'm like, I feel like we just kind of ate, you know, fast food, maybe some cake for dinner, <laughs> or you just not never eat lunch. Like, I don't know. It's so weird. But then I do see a lot more parents much more cognizant of what they're feeding their kids and actual whole foods, more veggies, more just real food. But. So going into semis, what would be a successful North America West semifinal for Abby um, at the end of the day? Like, um, like, how do you mean a, a successful semifinal? Like, uh, yeah, for you in your, in your mind, what like would make event? it a successful semifinal? Oh, okay. Nope. Um, Just at the end of the weekend, you're looking back. That was a success. Um, getting in the top 10. Okay. That's it. <laughs> big goals, big yeah. dreams. That's all I want to do. Um, so. And you said you, you have this energy this year that you didn't have last year. And does that energy tell you that you are good enough to be a games athlete? Yeah. I, I, I believe that. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Love it so much. Um, well, I'm going to be in Pasadena. I'll be there watching yeah. and rooting you on. Yeah. 
Um, so can't wait to see what you do there. Um, thank you so much for jumping on with us, Abby. Thank you so much. This has been fun. And to our audience, thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast.